this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Stay standing and youth, grab your stuff and move to the center. They're, they're moaning already, but stay standing with me. Stay standing with me. Would you hold the hand of the person next to you this morning? I know, whatever. Just hold the hand of the person next to you this morning. I want to declare over this house as the team goes off. We'll wait till they're all situated and holding hands. There's something I know about what's happening right now in this room. And that is that the person that you're holding the hand of, that's an original deal. There's no other one on the planet. There's no one else that has fingerprints like this. There's no one else that is anywhere near what you're holding hands with. And the other thing I know about this is that the value of an item is not determined about what people think about the item. It doesn't matter. The value of a car isn't how many people are going to come and look at it. The value of the car isn't how, what people have said about the car, how many cubic inches the engine. It does, that, none of that matters. The value of a car is the rarity of the car. And the value of a human being is the rarity of a human being. And so since there's no other one on the planet, they didn't just manufacture 10 of you, there's none, there's one. There's no other ones. And that tells me that this is priceless. The person you're holding hands with is priceless. So Father, today, let us understand what this really means. That the person to our left and to our right, the person with the fingerprints in the hands to our left and to our right, there's only one of them on the earth. And Lord, it doesn't matter what people have said in the past or what people have said this morning or what people will say about this person. There's only one of them which makes them priceless. So Lord, unite our body this morning as priceless works of art in your kingdom. Empower us, equip us, that we may know, that we may know the value of each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Youth, you can stay seated right in the front. You got used to this this week, so you can just endure today for me. Um, there's nothing like standing in front of 300 people in an outdoor building and sharing what the Lord says. You know, you stand on the outside and they're worshiping and it's a, it's a party. I have a video on my phone if you want to see it. I took a video at the end from the platform out over everyone. It's a, it's a radical time, radical time of worship. And, uh, and so, you, you know, I was standing outside on night one, and I just said, God, I know that you've given me a word for this group, but uh, you got to show up because it's got to be a really good word. It's got to be a really good word because there's a lot of stuff going on. Just in the hour since we got there, you can back me down a little bit, DJ. In the hour since we got there, the amount of stories of things that I heard that were going on in these youth's lives, you all would blush. 
you all would be like, there's no way that's happening in our region. There's no way that's happening around here. And I can tell you what we experienced. We had a lot of good church kids that were experiencing all this stuff. And let alone the kids that came to camp that have no encounter with the Lord. They have no, nothing that would associate them with truth in their life at all. And, uh, and so the first night I said, Lord, I, I ask that you would give me the right word for the right season. And, uh, and the theme this year, because we were leading it as a team, and I just want to, the youth, you can stand up and shout at this, but I, I, want to, uh, I want to share with you that the Summit team that put this on, they were excellent. It was amazing. It was amazing. To get 300 people to eat at the right time, that was easy. To get, to get 300 people to clean their bunks and do everything, uh, it was amazing, the organization. So thank you to everyone who had a part in that. Um, it was a success. I'm reading through the, the cards that were signed and the decisions that were made. And um, if you want a prayer point that is universal among all 300 students that were there and adults, it's anxiety and fear. If you come against anxiety and fear, you're hitting the right point because, uh, because many of the cards, people were delivered from those things. So um, it was a successful week, uh, powerful nights of worship. I want to, Ty's not here, obviously. He's preaching in his church this morning, but Ty and I became good friends this week. He's our uh, district next-gen coordinator. Uh, he came and spoke for three nights, and uh, it was just a powerful time of getting in the presence of God. And I want to read a verse that, uh, that Ty came to me at the beginning of the week and he said, as I was flying in here, the Lord just brought to my mind that I need to meet with every leader. Would you meet with me with every single leader? Um, and of course, you guys know what schedules are like trying to herd cats all over a 100-acre campus. Um, and you get, th you get 227 kids out there, you can't sort of leave them alone. Uh, especially the youth, it just doesn't work that way. Um, we don't want any purple happening or whatever. And we don't want any, any of that stuff happening. And so Ty said, would you make it a point to, uh, to figure out a way to get all the leaders there? And of course, I'm a leader that says whatever the Lord says we're going to do. And so, uh, so we figured out a time every single day where we could get groups of leaders. And we've, I physically went up and talked to a lot of them and said, I, I know you've got a responsibility but you weren't in there yesterday and I need you to be in there. So someone from your church that was in there yesterday is gonna come and take your spot and then you're gonna go in and get ministered to. And I wanna just read to you and I wanna talk about what he said and then we've got a lot more to cover today, but he brought to the, every single leader this scripture, Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. This isn't an optional statement. These signs will follow all who believe. Does that mean that once a year at a conference, you pray for somebody and something happens? No, that's not what it says. It doesn't say once a year this will happen. It doesn't say once a month this will happen. It says these signs will follow will follow all who believe. And the question that was asked, and I ask it this morning is, are you seeing these signs following? As I read them, are you seeing them in your daily life? And if not, then we got work to do. It says this, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, 
They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It doesn't say that you're born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do life, you're going to work a job, and then on Sunday morning when you come in and you're on the ministry team, that these signs will follow you on Sunday morning. It doesn't say these signs will follow you when you lead youth camp. And I'm sorry, but we have a church in America, we have a church globally that are not walking in these signs and wonders. And if that's you this morning, I, my prayer is, we all need more. So I'm preaching to myself, but we all need more. But if you're not seeing these things happen, it's not about Pastor Rob praying for the sick. It's not about, yeah, I have my own deal I gotta walk out. And I have my own signs and wonders that God wants me to do every single day. But if that's not you, I wanna, I wanna bring a word this morning that's gonna be challenging, and I know it. Um, but I believe if we don't address this, we're in trouble. So 245 years ago, 50 or so men signed a document. And I hold in my hand the document. They didn't let me go to the archives and pull the real one. <laughs> so, <laughs> in a movie they do, but. I wanna read this to you because I believe that the reason why we don't walk in these things is because the enemy still has a piece of our heart. The enemy still has a piece of us in some way. And so this is how the document that they started, that they signed, brought us freedom. This is how it begins. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have been connected, that have connected them with one another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect of the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to this separation. The reason why I believe many believers, many people who are born again, even many people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit, do not see what Mark talks to us about is because we've never declared independence from another power. We've never declared it. We've talked about it, we've hinted about it, we've, we come on Sunday morning and dance around and sing the music that talks about it, but we've never really declared independence from what we were born into. You see, nobody has to teach us how to sin. Nobody has to teach us how to, how to just mess up our lives. We were born into sin. And by being born into sin, there's some things that we have to get rid of to be able to, to go. And if we're born into sin, then that means that we have to be born again. And that's what that whole thing talks about. But there's a process to walking in these signs and wonders. Number one is belief. It says these signs will follow those who believe. Now, I've always, I've always looked at this and read the scripture and I've been like, those who believe in Jesus. And that's right, it is, those who believe in Jesus and his work. But there's also something else that we have to overcome and that is those who believe that this stuff actually happens. 
You see, I think that there's been, Christianity has been so easy in America that we haven't even wondered if it really happens. And then religious spirits say that it doesn't. Some denominations say it doesn't. But, but my point is, is that it does happen. And it says if you believe that it does, you believe in the person in which the power comes from, that you will see these. This will follow you every moment of every day. There's no, there's no like, you know, parentheses there like that qualifies you for being black or white. It doesn't qualify you for being Baptist or Pentecostal. There's no qualification. All who believe will see this stuff happen all the time. So I want to I want to share with you. We know the story. You can go to Joshua if you want. You can read along. I'm not reading the whole four or five books of Joshua, but but I think it's very interesting that the worship team sang the song Egypt because that's what's in my notes this morning. There are three phases to freedom. There are three phases to freedom. We know that over 400 years, about 430 years, the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. They were in bondage to another power. They were in bondage to another government. They were in bondage and slaved. Now, interestingly enough, slavery, the people that are in slavery don't get a vote. Right? The people that are enslaved don't get a vote. In fact, most of the time they're abused, they're run down, all that stuff. Slavery, bad deal. But they were there for 430 years. And when you're in slavery for 430 years, it begins to affect your mind. It begins to affect the way you see the world. That everybody hates you. That everybody is is, uh, here to run you down. That everybody is, is here to put their foot on your neck. That's how you see the world. And so God sends a broken man, touched by him, to lead them out of this. And so this broken man begins the journey of leading them out of bondage. The first step to freedom is you have to understand that you're actually bound. You have to understand that the way you think, the way you act, the way you are relating to the world is that you're bound. Now, in now slavery in this case, they came out of the bondage of Egypt, but there's slavery in the mindsets of lots of people today. As we were ministering to youth this week, I can't tell you how many conversations of people that are in bondage, that are slaves to sin. We had a situation that we had to deal with, and I, I won't get into it for the, for the safety of the people involved, but uh, we, we had to call the authorities on a situation, and we dealt with it. But the bondage and the debauchery of this world will change how you see everything around you. This person saw the situation as their fault, and it was not their fault. But they saw the whole world from the prism of, it's my fault. Anything that went bad anywhere in the world, it was their fault because of the things that had happened to them. And I'm here to tell you that the Lord wants freedom for every single person on the planet. 
Now that situation was resolved. The person got freed. It's amazing. God is good. But the Israelites were trapped. They were in bondage, and they cried out to God, and God sent an answer. The first stage to your freedom is to understand that you're actually in bondage, that you're a slave to something. Now, the enemy would like to go around in 2021 and convince people that they're slaves. The enemy would like to take you back to Egypt every single day. And I can tell you that there weren't any miracles going on in Egypt till the very end whenever God wanted to remove them. But through the 430 years, they weren't seeing people raised from the dead. They weren't seeing all this stuff, right? They weren't seeing grapes the size of a man's head. They, they weren't seeing any of that in Egypt. But God had destined them for a land that they knew not of. And I believe that the church is destined in this hour to walk into a land that we do not know of yet. That's better than any land we've been in before because I believe we've been a slave to our nation. It's interesting that the land actually carries an anointing. And the people that live on the land carry an anointing. That, way, that is why it was significant that they came out of Egypt. Now our country, over 200 years ago, was founded on one word. I, I remember reading the founding documents and I saw this word a lot and it is independence. Now everything that we see on this world is a reflection of something that's happening in the supernatural. Can we agree on that? When you see someone who is acting really weird, not natural, flailing on the floor, it's a reflection of a battle that's going on somewhere else. Amen? It's, it's a spiritual thing that's happening, manifesting in the flesh. Well, there was, there was this time when there was this oppression in this country. Oppression from a king. And, and the people here said, listen, we're not going to be oppressed anymore. And there were brave men who stood and said, yeah, we're done with this. And the document at the end, it says, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And they stood for something called independence and freedom. Now, what I believe, this is my own opinion, but what I believe is that spirit has carried on to everyone born in this planet, or in this country, on this planet. That that independent spirit has come upon everyone on this land. When someone comes and tells you you're out of line, what do you do? Instantly. What's your first reaction? If I came up to you and I didn't know you and I said you're out of line, what's your first reaction? If you go down to Walmart and you, you go into the third aisle and you walk up to somebody and say, you're doing this all wrong, you need to do it this way, what's gonna happen? You're gonna find out that they're independent beings. And they'll, they'll stick their flag in the ground for being an independent being. The problem is that 200 years ago, that was what was needed to break free so that we could be a free country. But that stain of spiritual dysfunction has rested upon generation after generation after generation. And the spirit of independence is great for a country, but it is not for the kingdom of God. 
You see, the spirit of independence is great when you're trying to leave an oppressor and come out of something broken and come into something real. That freedom actually happens, but it's not how the kingdom of God works. There's a process to freedom that the kingdom of God reveals to us when we look through scripture at the Israelites. And the process of freedom goes like this. That number one, you have to understand you're in bondage. I don't believe that the church in America understands that we're bound by the independent spirit. And so when we, we don't understand that, we walk around independently and say, uh, demon, you have to go. But that's not what the scripture says. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. And in my name, they will cast out demons. We have people all over the country that call themselves Christians, that, that go to church every week, that, that actually try to flow in the gifts and they walk around and try to cast out things of their own independent spirit. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so then they get discouraged and then they say, oh, it just doesn't work. This whole, this whole thing doesn't work. I, I won't ever see signs, wonders, and miracles. And I believe there's some people in this room that have tried and tried and tried and haven't seen it happen. Because you tried. Because you're trying to be independent from what God has established in his word. And so this independent spirit that we hang on to, we celebrate today, I got the flag shirt on, it's amazing. Um, I love freedom and I love being here, but I believe that that freedom and that independence is actually keeping the church from being effective in the world. And so here's the, the phases to freedom. Number one, you have to understand you're in bondage. I believe it's time for the American church to realize that the bondage of independence has separated us by denomination, by all the stuff, and God wants us to be one church around the globe. And until we understand that we're in bondage by all the things of this world when it comes to denominations and all that stuff, and we don't just become free to worship with who we want to, I was up in the prayer room texting pastors all around this region I am praying for you this morning. I believe that the Holy Spirit will give freedom in your service, that you will be unleashed to a new level of ministry, and that as you leave your church today, you will see an empowered people going throughout the city. Why? Because it's not about the summit. I mean, I love this place. I love you people. But there are thousands of people in this county that need to be free from independent thinking and dependent on God. Because when we become dependent on God, now think about it, the Israelites, there's no way they could get out of this mess. They were slaves, they were in bondage, they couldn't do anything on their own. So God had to show up and show off in their midst for them to experience freedom from bondage and slavery. And I believe we're walking into a season where the church will become free because we understand that we can't do it in and of ourselves. We have to unite together as one church. We have to let the gifts of the spirit and the gifts of the body begin to work as one. And we will begin to see breakthrough in this region. The second thing is, they were born into slavery, many of them, so that's all they knew. And, the, and you and me, we were all born into sin. And that's all we knew until we met Jesus. And maybe some of you haven't met him yet. I can tell you when you meet him, you'll see a transformation instantly in your life. You'll begin to see the world differently. And I believe that there are people that have sat in the seats of churches all around the world for decades that have never met him. They've met religion. They've met a denomination. And I can tell you that a denomination, a church, a uh, church, 
an organization of any kind can't love you. They can't love you. They can't bring you out of bondage because they're just an organization made up of people. But he can. He can every single time. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you with this one. If you're in bondage, the next step is you've got to be delivered. Now, there are many people, and I, we had some deliverance go on at camp, and that's just fun stuff. That's just fun stuff. The enemy is a loser forever, 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 and he doesn't, he doesn't have any right. He doesn't have any right. He is a forever loser. So when we go into those things, it's just fun. It's like, <laughs> you lost again. You lost again. You lost again. But here's the thing. Many people that go through deliverance believe they're free. And they're not. So what happened to the Israelites? They, they were in bondage and they get delivered. They go, the waters were parted for them. They go through the Red Sea. They encounter the Lord in a new way. He delivers them, but they're not free. They're not free. What happens after they go through the water of the Red Sea? They go into this great place called the wilderness. Now, I know that many of you believe God would never put a trial in your marriage. You would never put a trial in your life. He would never allow things to happen to you because God's just a great God and, and everything. And, uh, and there would never be a challenge in your life. But I believe that the reason why they went into the wilderness, of course, it was their choice to go that direction. But here's my point. God allowed them to go through the wilderness. And in the wilderness, everything was provided for them. Why? Because God is a gracious God. And God knew that when they went into the wilderness, they were still carrying with them Egypt. Some of you may get that tomorrow. But... They were carrying with them Egypt and God's grace over their lives brought them food, brought them water from a rock, brought them everything that they needed so that they could work it out. So that they could work it out. They could get Egypt out of their mind. They could get Egypt out of the way they did life. They could get slavery and bondage out of their senses. And so he allowed them to go through this place called the wilderness. So many people, in fact, we saw lots of them at camp. We prayed for them. They got delivered from demonic entities and oppression and all that stuff. And, and they stand up and they think they're free. But they've only passed through one part of the journey. Because true freedom comes when you don't think about Egypt ever again. True freedom comes when you do not think about Egypt ever again. That's why the Lord said, in the renewing of our mind, that's the wilderness. And so I'm, I'm here to declare this morning that the reason why you might not be seeing these things every single day in your life is because you've still got some Egypt in you. You're still a slave to something. You're still in bondage to something. They did not get to the promised land in which there were battles that they had to fight, but they understood they had already won. But they didn't understand. If they would have went straight from crossing the Red Sea into the promised land of Canaan, they wouldn't have known how to fight. They would have surrendered as slaves. 
And I believe we're standing in an age in the church in which we've surrendered to the enemy because we believe that we're in bondage, enslaved because of our independent thinking. And you know what? When we surrender our independence and become dependent on the Lord, he gives us independence in him. I'll say that again. When we surrender our independence to the Lord, and we become dependent on him. He gives us back independence in him. So we can live an independent life in him. And so our country is a great place. But what we're seeing, the, the, the craziness of this world, the bondage of the enemy to, to pit race against race, to pit church against church, to pit age group against age group, the enemy is bringing all this back to the forefront, not because people are prejudiced, but because he wants you to be a slave in Egypt again. And he wants you to not walk into the destiny that he has for you. And so we've got all the mess going on, all the noise. And I want you to think about all the things you've heard on the news in the last two years. It all goes back to pick at your independent spirit. And it all goes back to pull those things back out of you so that you can say, I can do it on my own. You owe me. You owe me. No, nobody owes anybody anything. You know what? If we are people of God, we've got everything we need. And so the enemy wants to bring all that stuff up and he wants to bring all the whatever's up and he wants to bring you back to your independence and say, you got it all yourself. You've got it all figured out. You've got everything you need. You can be independent. And what God is saying in this hour is to be truly delivered. We have to come to an understanding that we have to give up our independence. So what I'm waiting for is a church that says, listen, we're not independent. We're dependent on a king. And the king has, he saw me in my, in my Egypt he brought me out. He taught me some things. So if you're here today, and I'm not going to have people raise hands because we're all in different places, but if you're here today and you've been in Egypt, or the enemy has tried to make you go back to Egypt, or maybe you're not seeing the things that he promises in Scripture. He says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my spirit, they'll cast out demons. If that's not you, then you're missing something. They will speak in new tongues. If that's not you, there's something missing. They will take up serpents. If that's not you, you might be smart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If that's not you, then there's a piece missing in your deliverance. Because you're not free. These signs will follow all who believe. So I'm here to declare this morning that this church... And the churches that we are partnering with in this region are going to walk in freedom through dependence. Freedom through dependence on the Lord. Not that we can do it all, because we can't. We are dependent on Him. So you can't change a human being by just changing their behavior. There must be an encounter with something outside that changes them. So the Israelites had to go through the wilderness to change not only their, the way that they acted, but to change the way that they thought. You see, there's many people around the world that still think 
like Egypt. And when you think like Egypt, when you think about being a slave to something, when you think about being in this realm of being oppressed, you have no motivation to do anything. Why do they have whips whenever they, you had the slaves? Because the motivation was non-existent. I'm only going to do what I have to do because I'm here. Now, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus was in a very oppressive society. And he didn't just go with the flow. He did what he had to do. But he said, there's a new model that I want to show you. I want you to be delivered from all of this stuff. And I want you to walk with me in a new kingdom, in a new way, in freedom. Now, many people will get delivered as we saw this week, and they'll dance and shout and scream like Miriam. Woo, it was great, yeah. Yeah, but they aren't free. And we as leaders, we as believers who hopefully get a little more of this than others, we have to understand that that's just the beginning of their journey. They met Jesus. They were washed in the water of him. And they are now born again. They've now been baptized. And now they're in the wilderness. And there's some things that I find interesting about Jesus' journey um, that, that are just unique to him. But then when you really think about it, they're really not unique to him. We all have to go through them. It's interesting that Jesus was baptized before his ministry started. Baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. And then the Spirit led him where? There you go. So why do you think you'd be any different? Because when we get born again, when we get baptized, when we get set free from some things, we have to work it out of our mind. And the reason why our country continues to go forward and backward and forward and backward is because we haven't gotten it out of our minds. And so there's places where the enemy can hook into our mind and say, no, 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 the racial thing isn't over. No, 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 no. These things are still alive. Well, they're only alive because we give them credence to be alive so they go from the Egypt they cross through the Red Sea they go to the wilderness now one thing that I know about people that think that they're free but they really aren't they're very dangerous come on you know this people who think they're free but they really aren't are dangerous people I don't want to be around people who've been delivered but not free because they got some weird stuff going on there's some weird stuff happening when things, when things go that direction. Delivered people are dangerous because their mind hasn't changed. Delivered people may have gotten rid of the demons at camp, but when they go back, their mind hasn't changed. So they go back to the porn, they go back to the things, they get oppressed again. They go back to Egypt. They go back to Egypt in their mind. They go back to the things that bound them in the first place because they're still slaves up here. And they haven't worked it out in the wilderness. They haven't just worked through it. If you've been, a slavery, if you've been in slavery for a long time, you can't handle freedom. I'll say it again. And then the, the hush will go across the crowd one more time. If you've been in slavery for a long time, you can't handle freedom. 
Freedom comes with responsibility. The reason why our country is the way it is is because we haven't actually kept it up. We haven't been the church that brings this country back to God. We've been the church that allows our country to slip away and go back to being slaves of mindsets and nonsense. So what did he have to do? He had to take them through a training process to get the Israelites to trust him that he would be all that he said he was going to be. The reason why the church hasn't walked into what we're called to walk into is because we haven't gone through the training process to realize that he's a good dad. You wouldn't believe how many people that I ministered to this week don't understand that God is good. They don't understand that God is good. They don't understand that he's a good dad. He sees things way before you see them. He puts you in places to succeed. And yet in their mind, they're slaves to Egypt. They're bound. And they are walking in the freedom that he has for them. There's one thing that is for sure in scripture. Is that God will not allow the thoughts and the spirit of Egypt to enter Canaan. God will not allow the mindsets, the craziness of Egypt to go into Canaan. Because then what he promised you will be thrown away because of the slave mentality. He will not allow it to happen. So what did he do? Do you realize that God kept a generation alive just to get to their seed? Let that one go through you. He kept a generation alive in the wilderness so that they could bear children, so that he could take those children into the destiny that he had had for them when he pulled them out of Egypt, but they just threw it away. He said, no, 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 no. You could die and probably be better off, but I'm going to actually keep you alive until your seed comes forth so that I can take the seed that I promised into the promised land, but you're not going. Because you still want to think like a slave. You want to be bound because you're more comfortable being bound than you are being free. You can't handle the responsibility. So we're going to take the seed and we're going to take that into the promised land and you're going to die a generation in the wilderness. God will never allow the spirit of Egypt to go to the promised land. God will not trust you till he tests you. Some of you are walking around like, I want this healing ministry. I want this ministry with the men. I want the ministry with the women. I want this ministry. I am so about doing what God wants me to do. I want it. I want it. I want it. And you don't have it. And it's because the test that he's given you, you've either failed or you haven't wanted to step up to the plate and take it. He will not trust you till he tests you. He will not trust you till he tests you. This scripture always just blows my mind. It says, as a man thinketh, not as a man feeleth, or as a man loveth, or as a man any other eth, it's as a man thinketh, so is he. So as the Israelites come out of bondage, they go into the wilderness, God is changing the way the man thinketh so that he can be differenteth. Right? He's changing the way the man thinks so that he can be different. 
Because if he stays thinking the same way, he'll bring slavery into the promise. There's so many people that want the ministry of, of Reinhardt or whatever. They're clamoring for the, the Bill Johnson anointing. They want all this stuff, but when it comes to the test, they don't want to give up Egypt. There's so many people that want to have a healing ministry and want to come up here and pray for people. They, they, they're just so, I, I've got healing in my hands. Great, let's walk through the test and see if he trusts you. Because if you're here to lay hands on people and then you go back to the bottle or you go back to the porn, then guess what? You aren't, you aren't trusted. You'll never have a ministry until you get rid of Egypt. You'll stay in the wilderness. There are people that for decades and decades and decades have been in the wilderness and some have actually took the trek back across the Red Sea and swam back to Egypt because that was even more comfortable. Some people are, are just walking around in the church and they're just being provided for by God. The manna comes every day. That's amazing, but he's got more for you. Are you kidding? I don't want the onions and stuff. I want the new stuff. But some people are happy. God just takes care of us. And they walk around with a life that's not filled with, they will cast out every demon. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. They will drink anything deadly. It won't hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They're okay with not having that. We are coming into a season where if you are okay with not having that, you might as well go back to Egypt. I'm just telling you, there's not gonna be a wilderness anymore. It's either gonna be you're a slave to the past or you're free in the future. And God is waiting for people to say, listen, I'm done with the manna, thank you, Lord. I believe you can trust me, I've proven myself, I'm going for the greater things. Our independence is only freedom to us if we're dependent on him. And so the thing that you encounter when you go into Walmart and you tell somebody they're doing it wrong or you correct your children, and they come back at you hard, that has to die. That has to die before we actually walk in the freedom that God has for us. So Jesus comes into ministry, gets baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then it says the Spirit led him to the wilderness. There's three tests you're gonna have before he trusts you. You ready? Write these down. Some of you may be in the middle of these tests. But there's three tests that you will encounter, same as Jesus, Everybody that goes through the waters gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and then goes into the wilderness. By the way, that is a key. Baptize both ways. Here's what it is. Number one, your appetites. By the way, if you fail these tests, he'll bring you right back around and smack you with it again. <laughs> but many people stay in the wilderness because these things that I'm about to say to you, these things that Jesus was tested with, they are for all of us. And if we can't wrap our mind around not being slaves to these things, we'll never be free. We may be delivered, we may get delivered, but we're never gonna be free. So number one is appetite. Sexual, food, any other kind of appetite you can think of, it's all included in the first step. So Jesus was tempted in his appetites. And you'll be tempted too and tested in your appetite before he can trust you, before you can move on, before you can walk in everything that God has for you. 
You have to wrangle these things in and have them under control. Number two, a test for power. He took him up and said, I'll give you the whole world if you just bow down, right? The test for power. There are so many people in the church that are searching for the the tag, the, the label that says pastor, the label that says evangelist, the label that says all that. And the reason why they haven't got it is because when the test came for power, they failed. So they had to go around the mountain again. Another time around the wilderness until they figured this out. So number two is a test for power. That's power and control. Nothing is worse than someone seeking power. It has derailed churches all around the world. It has derailed ministries. It has just messed things up because people were seeking a position and power and control more than the presence of the Lord. Number three, the test of pride. Jesus was tested in these three ways. And you'll be tested in these three ways too. And until you pass the test in these three ways, you won't be entering any promised land. You'll just continue to go around and around and around the desert, around and around and around the wilderness. Now, my question for you is, in looking at that, not to be a downer, some people are going to be there for a long time because they can't surrender these things and kill them off. But for those of you who are in the wilderness right now, you know he's got a promised land. And he's already paved the way for it if you want it. That's the key. He's not doing anything new. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not on the cross again today for your sin. It's paid for. The promised land that you want to walk in, these scriptures, seeing these signs everywhere, is already there for you. You just have to get out of the way. And the hardest thing for us as human beings to get out of the way is to come up against this independent spirit. Turn with me to Joshua 5. Verse 2 says, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua did that. Because there was a generation that didn't want to sacrifice those three things we just talked about. There was a generation that did not want to lay down their independence and depend on the Lord and move into what he had called for them. And I am rebuking that spirit. I'm rebuking it over this region. But like I said during worship, it's your choice. It's not the pastor's choice. I've got a lot of pastor friends. We want to do this thing. We want to go for it. But how many people in our congregations want to really go for it and are willing to die? I, I have a friend who we've talked for decades about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And I just want to read it to you. It 
and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. My question for you this morning is, to walk in what God has promised each and every one of us as believers, to walk in that, are you willing to pledge everything that you have? That's the question today, guys. It's not about all the stuff that we can go to camp and we can leave it on the floor of the tap. It's not about that. Are you ready to die for what Jesus has done for you? Are you ready to give up everything you have to follow him? That's where true freedom is. That's where true freedom changes the world. If these three guys would have signed this paper and went back to work, and not pledged everything, yeah, many of them probably would be alive. Not after they signed the document. Once they signed it, it was over. But they knew what it would cost them. My question is, are you willing to give up your appetites? Are you willing to give up your power? Are you willing to give up your pride to say, Lord, I'm dependent on you, and in your name, I will do these things. Because there's people around you that need freedom from slavery, freedom from oppression, freedom from sickness and disease. The reason why they had to be circumcised to go into the new season is because in the wilderness, none of them were circumcised, and so they had to leave the reproach of Egypt in Egypt. And they physically wore the mark into the promised land, into Canaan. They physically wore the mark of a circumcision. And God is ready for a people to walk into a circumcision of their heart to follow him. Freedom. Freedom is an attribute of the Father. He's not coming to your house and banging on the door and saying, stop, do that thing. No, you're free to do what you want, when you want, how you want. You're free to do it. But his deepest desire as a father is that you would choose him. And we have a generation of people that have chosen religion, that have chosen their denomination, that have chosen the world more, more than they would cho choose him. The one thing about this document that I love is that it established the founding law of our country. It's not that it was just a document. Then it was followed by the Constitution. If we could just get back to three documents, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Holy Bible, we'd be set. But anyway, this established, that was my own insert, um, this established, this Constitution established a law in which freedom was able to happen. And there's a law that's written in here that allows freedom of your life to happen if you're willing to sacrifice these things. God is waiting for a people who are not in control anymore, who say, you know better than I know. God, you're, you know. You know every piece of me. You know where I'm broken. You know where I'm whole. You know where I'm struggling. Come and have your way in me.
So before I close, I want to go back to this. It is possible for you to be delivered, but not free. So our reflection time today, if I could have the team come back up, if our reflection time today, my question for you is, are you free? Ecclesiastes 10, 5 through 16 says, when a slave becomes free, when a slave becomes king, watch out. When a slave becomes a king, watch out. Why? Because they still have a slave mentality. When a slave becomes a leader, watch out. You'll have a colony of slaves, bound people that need to walk in freedom. So would you stand with me this morning? We're going to hear from our kids in a minute here, but I want to read this scripture to you and declare something over this house. Galatians 5.1 in the Amplified says this, It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing. Keep standing firm. And do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery, which you were removed from. We have a choice. We have a choice. Just like those 50 men that signed that document, they had a choice to be free or to be slaves. We have the same choice this morning on July 4th, 2021. Are you going to be free? Are you going to step into Canaan? Are you going to be in the promised land? Are you going to pass the test of the wilderness so that you can access what God has for you? Or are you going to turn back to Egypt? Hey, slavery, part of it, gives you no responsibility. You do what you're told. Some people like that. But I believe scripture that says, for me and my house, we're going to do something different. So would you bow your head and close your eyes as I release this this morning. God says to the church of Tuscarawas County, freedom's light is coming back to you. For this valley was once called the valley of light because some Moravian missionaries came here and brought my word to this region. So shall I empower you as the church in this age to release freedom of my kingdom to this region. For you were once bound and slaves in sin, but you have met me, your father, who has led you into freedom. Stand. Stand, stand and see the deliverance of your region. Father, today, I thank you. I thank you that you've given us a pathway. You've parted the water. You've cared for us. You, you have given us every way to be free. Lord, in this hour, May each person here walk into the freedom that you have for them. We worship you. We thank you. I seal this word into this house and into this land that we will be a people of freedom. Not just a people delivered, but a people that have been tested and tried and that you trust. 
to bring your kingdom to earth. We surrender to your will and your way. We give you all that we are to bring all that you are to our friends, to our family, to those around us. Father, today we surrender to you in a new dimension. We want more of you. Father, break our hearts for what breaks yours. this week was to write a spoken word about what standing means. I will stand like Esther. Esther was called for such a time that she was in and she stood on what she believed in. I've also had to stand up for what I believe in. I have been put in detention for reading my book, at, my Bible at school, mocked, bullied, and tormented, but I don't care because I know who will win in the end, and that is the kingdom of God. It's been hard standing up for my faith, but I know that I will come out of this season stronger than ever, and in all things, I will stand.
Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Um, uh, well, Monday, there was this boy I met. His name was Daniel, and um, I learned that he had very bad social anxiety, and I learned that he just didn't really want to be at camp because he had left his parents and he was just in a really bad state of his life. And so, like, God led me that I needed to pray for him. Like, it was, there was no more fear, there was no anxiety. I just, I had to pray for him and I knew that. But um, things happened and it just didn't go the way that we planned. And so it was me and Emily and we went up to, I think it was Jen, Brett, Mickey and Coburn and we just prayed for him and it was like during free time too like everybody was out canoeing everybody was like having fun and we were just sitting there we were in the pavilion and we were just praying over this boy that we knew not we didn't know his full life story but we knew just a little bit about him and it just like it was this burden upon me that I had to pray for him and so we prayed for him and um, he still ended up leaving on Wednesday because of his anxiety because he just needed to go home but it was something that opened my eyes because I had the power to lead somebody and I had the power to pray for somebody. Um, and then on Thursday night, there was this girl that she was just in tears and I had no idea who she was. I didn't know her name. I just recently found out her name. Um, I didn't know her story at all, but it was just, what was so cool about it was I didn't, I had no idea who she was. I had no idea her story, but I was I was there and I was speaking everything that was going on with her. So it was crazy to see that the Lord led me to what I needed to pray for her. And I'm still in contact with her, but like our, our friendship is at a whole nother level because of the fact that I got over my fear of praying over somebody. I got over my fear of not being able to heal somebody. And so going up there and seeing a picture of what she needed and everything like that it was crazy to me because she saw healing and she saw that she was good enough and she saw that and I personally I saw that I could pray over somebody even if I didn't know them so it was just Thursday night was just completely it wrecked me for that and it was just crazy to see that I'm a youth I'm a youth I'm literally only 13 and I had the power to do that with somebody. I'm just gonna share mine real quick. Um, I had some really awesome encounters with the Lord, but I think what touched me the most was watching all of them, every single student walk in exactly what the Lord was telling them to do. We would be in youth group time and one of them would go, I got a word. And we'd be like, okay, what is it? And they would give it to someone. And there was one point where one had one for a girl and she had the back for the same person and they had got them the night before and it was super cool. And they were like, so passionate about just sharing exactly what the Lord was saying to them. Cause we wanted it to be an open time. Like if you feel like the Lord is saying something, do it because worst case it's gonna be wrong. Like. <laughs> There's, there's no issue in that. And so we just entrusted them to do that. And I was completely touched and wrecked in so many moments by watching them worship, watching them walk in, saying what they felt like the Lord was saying and doing what they felt like he was telling them to do. I just want Brett to come up next. Let me tell you, this man is a legend. <laughs> 
he endured a lot. They got stuck on a river on a seven-mile canoe trip in the middle of a thunderstorm. It was lightning. Um, I felt terrible that I sent him and I did not go. But anyways, I just want you to share a little bit about what the Lord did in you and what you saw happen in our kids. Okay, um, I'd like to start out really with when Caitlin came to me on a Wednesday night over at the, the Family Connect here and asked me if I would be interested in going to camp as a leader. And I thought, yeah, I thought, yeah, I didn't even have to think about it. No, you know, I'm not the right guy for that. I don't feel like I'm qualified for that. Um, there's got to be people better than that here that can do that, you know. And I felt like I'm as old or older than a lot of your grandpas. So, you know, what teenager is going to want to go to camp with me and have to put up with me? So, um, yeah. So, after I went home that night, I came back to reality and thought, well, you know, I don't really make my own decisions on my life. I might want to check with God and find out, you know, he's one really in control of my life. I might want to find out what he wants me to do. And, uh, of course, he said yes, that I need to go, so um, I did, and uh, I had a, I felt like um, it was really sometimes kind of rough being there, you know, I felt like I was really being stretched, I kind of felt like Gumby, you know, is what I felt like, but uh, it was really a good time, um, it was great watching over 220 people go running up front during praise and worship you know, and that we're so into God. And a lot of the conversations that we had were great. And uh, I know Wednesday night, it was really neat. He had the leaders go up first and he asked the people who were not filled with the Holy Spirit yet to come up and we prayed for all of them. And I think, how many out of this group got filled with the Holy Spirit that night? What was it? Yeah, it was quite a few out of the group. And then after that, he called for people who wanted to be filled, refilled with the Holy Spirit. And there was probably... I mean, when I looked out, there were very few people that were still out here in the seats. Pretty much everybody was up front. So there had to be 150, 175 people up front that we got to pray for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, and I thought it was just awesome. And then Thursday night before they left, um, and Ty was just great with the youth and with the adults, you know. But Ty on Thursday night had told them, um, you know, if you're willing to give your voice to God, then he will use you and he will speak through you, you know, to the whole world. And he had people come up and, and be prayed for. It was just awesome. And I know then that night, the leaders got to hide from the youth and they had to try to find us, you know. So I was hiding and I had some, I heard some really interesting conversations, but nobody knew I was there, you know. But I, I heard one kid go walking by me he's talking about how God just wrecked him, you know, and how he's going to leave different than he came and he'll never be the same again, which I thought was awesome, you know, and I know for me too, that I'm different, you know, I'll never be the same. And I, I think you had asked me what one of my things what I was believing for was, and it was that the people that get changed are going to stay changed, you know, and I know the group I went with, on the way home, we were kind of talking about that. And it's like, you know, why is it when we get back home after a time like this with God, do we just go back to our life, you know? And we lose that. You know, it's easy when you have a whole week and every day you're with God, 
every night you're with God, but then we come home and get back into the real world, you know, and we kind of lose that. And I just want to, that's one of the things I'm believing for is that everybody that got changed, they're going to continue to be changed. They're going to continue their time with God, you know, continue your relationship with God and get closer and closer and be changed every day. So that's all I have. But uh, it was great. There's a lot more stories and there's a lot more awesome God moments, but what was cultivated last week, we're praying continues into this week. This week our kids are going. Um, I think it's third grade through sixth grade, I think is the ages that are going. And there's 96 the last time I checked students that are registered. So we're really excited for that. And um, there's a whole team of youth still at camp that are getting ready to minister to the kids. So if your prayers would pray for our youth to continue to be filled and continue to walk in that and also for our kids that this week that they would encounter Jesus like never before. One thing the Lord's been showing me is that I think sometimes we tone it down too much for kids. Like when we think about it like, oh, I'm talking to a kid. We're going to do worship differently. I'm going to talk to him differently, but they've got it. They're filled with the same Holy Spirit that I'm filled with, that Pastor Rob's filled with. Let me tell you, I forgot about this till right now, but there was ministry time on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday night. And I was just, I was having a moment with the Lord. I was on my knees at the front of the tabernacle and a student from another church came up to me and he said, can I pray for you? I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna say no, you know? And it was the simplest prayer, but it completely wrecked me. It was like everything that I had been calling out to God for, this is what I need, this is what I'm desiring. He literally said so simply, and it just hit me. And it was like, it doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter any of that. God can use someone that's four, God can use someone that's 84. And so if one of our students gets a word for you, please take it seriously because they are hearing from God. Trust me, like it's awesome. It is exciting to see what God is doing in our youth and expecting to do in our kids. Please pray, there's, there's I think 80 some leaders coming, including Soulfire, I believe, something like that, a lot of leaders. You need a lot of leaders to keep track of all the little ones. Um, but uh, pray, pray that all those leaders this week would have the same encounter with God as the leaders this past week. That every leader would have one-on-one -on -one ministry time. That they would get... See, we as leaders, we can only give out of what we're filled with. Right? And so these leaders come into this room and they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to get prayed over. And then they get wrecked because God wants to just rip out all the nastiness and fill with him so that they can lead these kids and so that they can pray for them. So please be in prayer about that. I've got one testimony. Um, one of the leaders meetings that we were in, Ty had asked me to pray for this group of people. I began to pray and this guy's name is Jeremy. And uh, so I'm praying over Jeremy and uh, just praying in the spirit and the Lord shows me his right ankle and it just lit up like I was not even looking at him. I was just praying in the spirit and he showed me his right ankle. And I said, do you ever have an issue? Now, this guy is a, a big dude. He's like, do you ever have an issue with your right ankle? And he just starts crying. Just gets all emotional. He's like, 
years ago I was on a motorcycle and somebody hit me and from my knee to my toes everything's metal like they read it all of it and I said well God doesn't show you something if he's not gonna fix it so let's just pray so I laid I said can I lay hands on your knee and your ankle and uh, he said yeah and I started praying for it so that was around three o'clock so we walk up and down that hill for those of you who've been there it's a big hill anyway so we were walking up and down the hill it was the next day at dinner so a whole day of doing all the stuff that we did and he came to me and he said I have not had pain he said every time he walked on that ankle it was like walking on a broken ankle for all these years he said I have not had pain in that ankle and my foot's been hot and everything's been weird since you prayed for it and he goes the weird thing is now my left one hurts and I said well let's pray for that one so he prayed for that one and he was fully restored if we're just open to what the Lord is showing us, these signs will follow you. They will follow you. So let's be a people who are so connected to what God is saying that we don't walk by a guy who looks a specimen of, of humanity. We don't walk by and miss rods in an ankle because God wants to deal with that. I said, next time you go through the airport, it won't beep. I said, it'll be completely bone again. That's what I'm believing for. I'm believing all those rods are going to come out. It's going to be hot for another week or so. And they're all going to disappear. So at the end of today, after we pray, we're going to head out. I want you to drop your offering in the back. Let's do our declaration really quickly, and then I'll pray. As we receive today's offering, we are believing for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created. Dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declarations, impartations, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revelation. I thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven and see Jesus get his full reward. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you for your promises. Father, today as we leave this place, we seal the transformative power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to walk through the wilderness to eradicate Egypt from our mind. That we may walk with miracles, signs, and wonders every day through you, being dependent on you, laying down our independence, and being restored to what you've called us to the ministry of reconciliation with every human being. We give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app, and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.